Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. And I did not know this. Tim Healy wrote a great article in Newsday about Verlander and Scherzer. Because this is a weird kind of reunion between the two of them. They were obviously teammates in the early part of the last decade in Detroit, had really great success. That entire rotation, man. They had David Price in that rotation for a while. They had Robbie Ray in that rotation for a while. Loaded, loaded rotation. Rick Porcello, who won a Cy Young. But according to Healy and according to guys who were around them, they did not love each other. Like, they were not buddy-buddy. It was described as a very competitive relationship between the two of them. Now, they were a lot younger, in fairness. I think now, as aging veterans who kind of know their place in baseball history, both have won championships, both have won a bunch of Cy Youngs, it's probably different than when you're in your mid-20s because age-wise, they were pretty close, pretty close in age. And Max was in his early 20s. Justin's in his mid-20s. So very different than where you are when you're in your late 30s. Pete and I know something about that. I mean, it's like, Hoff and I, a decade and a half ago, maybe we'd be competitive with each other. Now nah, we're just old fogies. We don't even give a crap. <laughs> we're, just, we're just living life. Now we're just doing podcasts every other day. That's it. That's it. So I, I don't know if that relationship is going to be the same. But here's what's funny. And this is going to become very obnoxious very quickly, but I always want to warn you about that stuff. Verlander and Scherzer are separated by five strikeouts on the all-time strikeout list. Right now, Verlander is 12th with 3198. Scherzer is 13th at 3193. They are chasing Phil Necro at 3342. And assuming they're healthy, they should eclipse Phil Necro for 11th all time. And the guy who's 10th all time, who they also have a chance to eclipse, is Greg Maddox, who's at 3371. But as Scherzer and uh, Verlander are healthy, they're probably going to pass each other in strikeouts. And you know that's going to be a thing. Up, oh, Scherzer passed Verlander. Up, up, up. Verlander passed Scherzer. So it'll be com- incredibly obnoxious. But maybe, maybe they'll compete over it. And look, I don't give a damn what their relationship is if they're competing. If it gets the best out of each guy, that's really all that matters. That's what we're looking for as Met fans. Do you think they're going to base who starts opening day off of who doesn't have the most strikeouts right now? Like, do you think that's how it's going to go? Scherzer goes first, then Verlander? You know what's funny about that? And I know opening day is a very symbolic thing. Um, There's no right answer to the opening day question. Because the opening day question is an interesting question. I think it'll start to become a bigger deal come March. But if you're Buck Showalter, can you really just say, well, Max is the guy. Why is Max the guy? 
Justin Verlander, I think is, I don't want to say he's the better all-time pitcher, because if we're comparing careers, it's actually something that we should take a closer look at. Off the top of my head, I'd probably, yeah, that's a tough one, actually. Now I'm thinking about this. Who Who's the better all-time pitcher, Verlander or Scherzer? A part of me kind of leans towards Scherzer. I got to go do a deep dive on these numbers at some point. We should do a whole podcast about that. I about to say we we have we have a whole off season. There might be some really uh, long weeks. <laughs> do you have well, a good answer to that? By the way, who's the better all time pitcher? Is not even looking no. at numbers, like just your guttural reaction. I feel like Verlander is the star studded, more impactful pitcher over the past couple decades. That's where I would lean. Say that again. Who, who is? I think I think Verlander would be. I think it's yeah. Verlander. I think Scherzer was the more dominant pitcher. Like if I off the top of my head, if I had to say who is the more do, who had the more dominant seasons, I'd probably lean towards Max Scherzer. But I don't know. I got to take a closer look at this. I know Verlander had the MVP season, so that kind of goes up there. But, but didn't but didn't Verlander start better? Like it took Scherzer a couple of years to yes. kind of, like he started in Arizona. No one even knew who he was. He was just a little bit. He was off. Base. I remember Mad Max in, in Arizona. I remember it when that whole took, trade happened. No, to your point, it took Scherzer until 2013, 28 years old, to really put it all together. So he was more of a late bloomer than Verlander was. But we'll do that another time. To your point about opening day, like you don't owe opening day to either guy. You know what I mean? Like Scherzer's history here is not long enough. He isn't accomplished enough where I feel like you just have to hand it to him. Verlander's coming off the better season, the more complete season. He won the World Series. He won the American League Cy Young. Um, I don't know, man. I, I would give the opening day start to Verlander only because I'm pissed at Scherzer because he crapped all over the field in the wild card series. So I'm, I'm probably partial to Verlander because he hasn't done anything to inflict damage to me while Scherzer has. That, that'd be my gut feeling on the opening day question. That's already like a bad like competition. Like I mean, it's a good competition, but that's already like a sour taste. Like we're talking about the Grom got butt hurt by Scherzer's offer. Now Scherzer's getting butt hurt by Verlander against the opening day start. I just got here. I don't know if they care that much about opening day, do they? they no, it's probably gonna go about to, opening day. It's probably gonna go Tyler McGill again. What are you talking about? <laughs> you know what? Hopefully, both guys are healthy come opening day, and it's even a discussion because that's obviously the fear. the The biggest fear of Two all-time greats in the same rotation at the same time. The Detroit Tigers' bizarro world from a decade later is can they stay healthy? That's really what it comes down to. And the kind of nervousness of this world we're living in where the Mets are going to rely on a 38-year-old and a 40-year-old, and not just guys who are a combined age of 78, but guys who've thrown a ton of innings in their careers. You know, both guys have thrown... Scherzer isn't quite at 3,000 innings. He's at 2,600 innings. But Verlander's over 3,000 innings. I mean, you're talking about 5,700 combined innings between the two guys. Now, the rest of the rotation, here's the way I would view this, by the way, Pete. They got to sign one more guy. I'm not going to get nuts and say they have to sign two more guys because I do like the idea of Peterson or McGill being in this rotation at the start of the year. Um, they weren't really last year. They only were because of injury. That's why Tyler McGill got that opening day start. And obviously DeGrom missed a big part of last year. But if you sign one more guy and I I've made it clear, Kode Senga would be my, my choice. It could be Jamison Tyone. It could be Chris Bassett. 
You don't hear a lot about Taiwan Walker, so I almost assume it's not him. But for the sake of this, Senga or Bassett, take your pick. You've got Verlander, you've got Scherzer, you've got the third guy, you've got Carrasco, and then, to me, you've got the competition on who that fifth starter is. Tyler McGill, who looked very good early on last year. David Peterson, who at times has looked really good. And you almost let it be kind of an open competition. I guess you could throw Joey Lucchese in there too as a competitor in this, but I doubt it. You do have Eliasar Hernandez, who they got from Miami. Again, more of a depth guy. Jose Budo, more of a depth guy. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. And then whoever doesn't make the rotation probably shifts to the bullpen as a long reliever, but still an option in case you have injuries. And like I mentioned earlier, if you are going to be careful with Verlander and Scherzer and have them maybe skip a start here and there, it's going to behoove you to have a sixth guy. I was even thinking, bro, you're going to think I'm nuts for saying this. Maybe it makes sense to have a six-man rotation right from the get-go because you are dealing with two guys who are old. And usually my attitude during the healthy time of DeGrom, my attitude would be, I want to maximize how often he pitches. I want him to pitch every five days. I want that guy making 33 starts. We don't want that necessarily with Scherzer and Verlander. We want them to be healthy. So let me be the first guy to bring it up. If I'm not the first guy, I apologize to whoever the hell is. I think I lean towards the idea of a six-man rotation. If that's the case, maybe you do sign a second starting pitcher along with um, the third guy we're talking about because it makes sense with the way this rotation is built to give everybody an extra day. Well, okay, so there's a few things, okay? First off, I just want to say on record, I've saw that Mets now have the best starting rotation in baseball currently. To me, that makes sense. Based on who? Who says that? I, I I forgot which which site put it out no. there, and other people were retweeting it. I'm just like it's a ranking you, system. It means nothing. But right, exactly. And how can you rank that when the Mets rotation hasn't been filled out? You could say Scherzer and and, and Verlander one two, but there's nothing else after that. I here's my biggest issue right now, and I, this is why I lean against Carlos Rodon. I don't believe in him. I believed in him for short stints. I don't believe in a six-year deal for $180, $200 million on him. I don't. I just I feel like this, he had a couple of walk years where he pitched really well. Besides that, he never really got it. So it always scares me a guy that, that walks away from you know on a, on, a, on a walk year having amazing numbers. I don't mind Sanga because I think he'll come in cheaper. So for that, I, I agree with you. I'm not really sold on the six-man rotation. I'm not. I, for one, if you have Scherzer, I know you want to save their arms, but if you have Scherzer and you have Verlander, they give you the best optimal chance to win a game when they start. I don't trust anybody on the back end. I don't trust Peterson. You know that already. I don't really trust Tyler McGill. I actually like Lucchese as a, as a, as a bottom end of the guy. I, I, tr- I kind of almost think he's got more of like a wild card vibe like a Tywin Walker did when he came where I could see him having the best stuff. He just doesn't – he always gets hurt. That's his biggest problem. 
I do think they need to go for somebody, which I hate to say this. I'm going to kill myself for saying this. Get me like an Andrew Haney or I don't want to say Michael Walker, but somebody where it's like they had a really good season last year. Give me a one-year deal with them. Make them earn it again. I don't want a James Tyone. He had a good season last year. Don't don't yeah. bring that type. Bassett and Walker, why they perform the best? Because they were walking away. They knew they were trying it, to get a contract. It's not but that's not an exact science. I mean, you're right that there are guys who have career seasons. Like I can't deny that. But I don't think that anybody who has a great year on a contract year literally only did it because they're in a contract year. You know, Chris Bassett, two years earlier, also pitched really well. He had a chance to win the American League Cy Young. He got hit by a line drive. Like, Chris Bassett was having a really good season. So I don't know if that applies to everybody. It applies to some guys, and it's always tough to figure it out. It's easy to say it also after the fact if a guy starts to struggle. If you bring in one of those real back-of-the-rotation guys, Haney scares me to death. I don't think he's that good, but okay, a guy like him. Then I'd even be more partial to the six-man rotation. Because I do think that you need to find out what you have in David Peterson and Tyler McGill. What's going to be really important for this team moving forward is to eventually develop some of their own. And they don't have a lot of high-end starting pitchers coming anytime soon. So let's see what David Peterson is. Let's see what Tyler McGill is. And, you know, you said something earlier about Scherzer. It's so true. He didn't develop till he was 28. So why do we always sit here when a guy is pitched only for a year or two and say, oh, I know what he is. We don't know what he is. There's a long list of all-time greats. I'm not even talking about just good pitchers. All-time greats. They didn't develop until they were 28, 29. And I think that if you've got a rotation headed by Scherzer and Verlander and whoever that third guy is and a solid veteran like Carrasco, you can live with trying to figure out what you have with David Peterson and Tyler McGill. Um, I think if they add one more pitcher, which they're clearly going to add, I'm not sure if they're going to add two more pitchers, and you can be healthy going into the start of this season, it's at least intriguing to go with a six-man rotation to see what you have. And the other positive I always wondered about with a six-man is does that allow you to maybe be a little bit more aggressive with how deep you let guys go into games? Because they're getting an extra days of rest. So maybe that's the kind of thing that would help you extend certain guys to actually pitch deeper into a game. But the one thing is I don't, I'm not totally opposed to six man, but the one thing that Scherzer, and again, like we're talking about Scherzer, like we know his body and like, Hey, this is great. I did give him six days. You know, every, you know, every six day he goes or whatever it is because he's six man rotation. He always said though, he needed to pitch more like his inactivity a couple of years ago, kind of screwed his arm up. I don't freaking know, but I I feel like I trust him more than I trust myself or trust the, the managerial staff and be like, Oh, let's pitch him less. Yeah. I don't, what the hell was his excuse this year? Because he came back from his injury. He was still hurt. Look, I don't know what the hell it was with Max Scherzer, but these are the kinds of things that are scary about older pitchers. That there's, They may not go by being ineffective. They may go by not pitching enough, by getting hurt, by that being, or wearing down late in the season, which may have been the case with Verlander in the postseason. Like, I, I don't know. But that's the key to this whole thing. You know, let 2022 be our guide. 101 wins is not enough. We're not pleased. We're not happy. We're not celebrating. It's all about October. And that's why it's it's very NBA-like, and I know it's obnoxious, but it's about getting ready for the playoffs. I'm sorry. That's, that's kind of the new world we're in. 